0: You're listening to Summit Podcasts, where you'll find sermon audio, weekly discussions of the message, the Back 40 Leadership Podcast, and much, much more. Subscribe today at summitpodcast.church and share this episode with your friends. Summit Church, every life made different. So today we are starting a new series and, and really kicking off our year and our theme for the year is Jesus Over Everything. And so our first series for this year throughout the month of January is gonna be entitled Jesus Over Everything. And by the way, I don't know, those of you here in in Indiana may have noticed that Pastor Todd and I are twinning today. We are literally wearing the same outfit. That was not planned beforehand, uh, but the question is, is begging to be asked, who wore it better? Todd's a handsome man, but come on. Come on. Um, And if you would like a lovely sweater or sweatshirt like this one, you can pick one up at the Info Center. And if they don't have your size, uh, let them know. And I'm sure they will be doing some orders to get some more. And so uh, stop by and pick one up and uh, you can display your support for Summit Church uh, around town. Uh, But feel free, pick one up. And uh, they're available there in Blairsville as well. But But really this series is all about this idea that Jesus is, preeminent, that he is (sighs) over everything, that there's nothing that he is not over in this world. Um, and, And our hope is that this will infiltrate every area of our lives, that this understanding that Jesus is supreme over all creation, over everything we can see or imagine, He has dominion and domain over those things that if we will understand that and begin to apply it to our lives, it'll transform us. It'll change everything for us. Uh, And and my hope is that you'll see that in uh, your desire to go on a World Reach trip or be in a small group or uh, get involved in a serve team or uh, even something like Wednesday night coming to Uh, The waiting room because it's a night that we can just come together and celebrate and worship our great God and so really my heart for you is that by the time our year is over with we will have all grown in a greater degree of, of love and affection for Christ and a greater degree of understanding that Jesus really is supreme over everything that nothing is withheld and held back from him. And so I wanna walk through a a couple of passages of scripture with you today. The first is in Colossians chapter one. And so we're gonna start in Colossians chapter one, verse 15 today. And it says this, this is Paul writing to the Colossian church and he says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything was created and is supreme over all creation. He's the visible image of the invisible God. And what he's saying here, what he's describing to the Colossians is that God is, of course, invisible. We can't see God, but he's saying, Jesus is the incarnate God. He is God in flesh. And there's something about being able to, to see him and touch him and be with him. Now, of course, when Paul was writing this Colossians, they could talk to eyewitness accounts of Jesus, people who had actually physically been with him, who knew him personally. Um, and today, we can't in the physical sense. But there's something powerful about this idea. When I was a kid, my parents used to, um, they would take me to the mall uh, at Christmas time. And we would go to the mall and we would um, go through our wish list, things we wanted for Christmas. And inevitably, they would take me to go see. The big man himself, Santa Claus, he was there. And something about big, heavy guys with beards, I just think they're handsome. I don't know what it is, I'm just saying. And so uh, I would go see Santa. And I was excited because in this moment, I was able to take someone who was a mystery to me who was not in relationship, not somebody I could relate to. And now I could go talk to him. I could be with him. We could interact together. And there was something deeply personal about this idea. And and what Paul is doing here is he is personalizing God. He's saying Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. He He is God, but he is personally coming to us where we can know him and interact with him and have relationship with him. And then he says, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Now, there's two ideas here, and we'll explore these a little more, but he, is, he existed before anything was created. Before anything, he was. And so the great thing about this is, no matter who you are, as far as your belief about history or new earth, old earth, Big Bang, any of those kind of things. We can get into that stuff another day for sure. But if you, let's say you believe in the Big Bang. If you believe in the Big Bang, what this verse is saying is before the Big Bang, Jesus was. Before anything was, Jesus was. Uh, John, the Gospel of John chapter one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And the word that it's talking about there is Jesus. So in the beginning, Jesus was there. And he will be there after everything else. After time ends, Jesus will still be there. It says, and he is supreme over all creation. Some of your translations might say firstborn. He's the firstborn of all creation. Uh, Now, this is important, and I wanna wanna walk this out with you. When we see firstborn of creation, that doesn't really make sense to our understanding. And this is where uh, the Jehovah's Witness, we talked about them a while back, but one of the reasons that we consider the Jehovah's Witness a cult is because they don't believe Jesus was God. He wasn't. God incarnate. Um, They believe he was a created being. And they use this verse as proof text. They will say he's the firstborn of creation. So he's the first of creation. And that's not really what it's saying. Because if you look at the context, if you look at um, the context of Judaism specifically, there was something powerful about the position of firstborn. And the firstborn had priority and dominance over the others. Uh, The firstborn had Uh, responsibility for the estate. The firstborn had more authority over the siblings than the other siblings were. And so they received more of the inheritance. There were all these implications for this. And so it's not saying that Jesus was created, but what it's actually saying is Jesus is supreme over all creation. And I need you to hear this. Jesus is supreme over all of creation, Everything that we see, everything that's not seen, Jesus has supremacy over those things. So what does the word supreme mean? If you just look it up, Webster's Dictionary, it means this, the highest in rank or authority, greatest in degree, quality or intensity, characterized by highest excellence or achievement, outstanding, ultimate, final, of utmost importance, crucial. Now here's the thing. If I asked you, is Jesus supreme? Most of us would say, yes, of course. But most of us aren't living our lives that way. Most of us don't live our lives like Jesus is the highest in rank or authority. Most of us aren't living our lives as if Jesus is the greatest in degree of quality or intensity, that he is the highest excellence, that he is the ultimate, the final, or for sure that he is crucial. See, we think Jesus is important. We just don't think he's of utmost importance. So what we do is we slot Jesus somewhere into our lives where we can whatever we can schedule him. Well, I've got some spare time here so we can do this. Jesus, you're important, but not as important as travel baseball team or our cheer tournaments or our hockey or our, ugh, I could get into all your business right now my leisure, my golf, my time away. Oh, we got some snow, so I can't come to church. And some of you feel good about yourself because we like, oh, we're at church today. But let's be honest. Many of us will serve God as long as it's convenient for us. And we go, Jesus, you're really important, but not as important as this list of other things that we have in our lives. So when we talk about the supremacy of Jesus, it just doesn't ring true. Because for most of us, we don't really treat him like he's supreme. Now, here's what I want you to hear. Um, Jesus is over everything, whether you acknowledge that or not. Whether he's over everything in your life or not, he's still over everything. Whether you will come into alignment with him and and acknowledge and say, okay, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. He's still Lord, whether he's Lord of your life or not. You, You might not realize it yet, but there will be a day when you will realize it. So what we have to do is understand who Jesus is and be reminded of this idea that Jesus really is over everything. And my hope, my desire, my heart for you is that you will get this idea and it will be so deeply seated in you that it will change everything. Jesus is over everything. He's supreme. Colossians 1.16 goes on to say this. For through him, God created everything. In the heavenly realms and on earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. And there's so much, this is such a theologically rich passage that there is too much for us to unpack together today. We just don't have the time. But, but I wanna point some things out. It says, for through him, God created everything. Through him, God created everything. God created everything through Jesus. So again, back to John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. The word, it's the spoken, it's this logos is the word there. And what we see is Jesus was the logos, the word. And when God spoke creation, when he spoke the universe into existence, it was Jesus that was the vehicle, the the tool by which everything happened. Jesus was the the means by which everything was created. Everything was created through him in heavenly realms and on earth, both heavenly and material in this world. Everything we can see in this universe I was talking to someone after the last service about the James Webb Space Telescope and just all the things that they can see and the the revelations they're getting from this telescope. Everything you can see in the natural universe was created through Jesus. Everything we can't see in the heavenly realms was created through Jesus. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. And then he gets specific He says, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. So he's talking about the earthly kings, rulers, and authorities, and then he's talking about the unseen kings, rulers, and authorities. Now, he's talking about the the spiritual things that we don't always talk about. He's talking about uh, principalities, rulers of, of darkness and high places that have schemes and plans for this world. And he's talking about the angelic who are doing battle on our part according to the will of God. We don't talk about this stuff, but this stuff is real and it's happening. And Jesus is Lord over that. It was created through him. But but let me help you with this. When he's talking about thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities, he's also talking about earthly. And what we see is, Uh, He created that. It is created through him. Leadership was created through him. Authorities were created through him. And it says, ultimately, everything was created through him. And I want you to catch this last part. And for him. It's created through him and for him. I get in trouble at my house sometimes. My girls are sitting over here on the second row. Sorry, girls. I get in trouble at my house because what happens is my girls, they will go out and eat and they will come home and they will deposit leftovers in our refrigerator. And typically I'm the only one in our house that really eats leftovers. I'm like a garbage disposal. I will like... I know it's grown some mold on it, but that's where we get penicillin from. It'll work out. It'll be all right. It's not quite that bad. But I will eat leftovers. And more than one occasion, I have been in the kitchen, and the girls have walked in and they have opened the refrigerator door. And I've seen it. They open the door and they go, What's wrong? And they will say, Did you eat my leftovers? And although I'm afraid of their mother, I am not afraid of them. And I will say, yes, I did. But dad, those were my leftovers. I was looking forward to eating those. I was gonna eat it today. It's been in there three days. The statute of limitations had ended. I, they were free game, Right? Now, here's the thing, I don't wait at the door when I know they've gone out and eaten. I'm not waiting at the door with a fork in one hand and a knife in the other. I'm like, what do you got in the bag? Give me the bag. Just accosting them with their leftovers and they walk in the house. That's not what I'm doing. But if it's been in the fridge, I'm gonna eat it. And so they will say something like this, daddy, those were my leftovers. And I will say, no, those were my leftovers. No, they weren't. They were my leftovers, and I will ask the question, how did you purchase the leftovers? (laughs) Ah. (laughs) And therein is the solution, see? You used your debit card, with which you probably got that money from me. So that was my leftovers from the start. I just allowed you to have the first portion. The leftovers were mine. And so what I've said is, those were my leftovers. Those weren't even yours in the first place. I, I, you could have had them, but you didn't, so they were mine. Now, here's what happens. For many of us in our lives, we say, Jesus, you are Lord of my salvation. I wanna go to heaven and not hell, so this is yours. But this is mine. This marriage is mine. My, my job, it's my job. Money, it's all... you." back off, it's mine, right? My kids, mine. And Jesus goes, who sent you that spouse? How how did you get that job exactly? Who gave you the strength and the talent and the ability to do what you're doing so you could earn an income? And and we go, it's mine. And Jesus goes, "I I don't think so mine why because everything we can see and cannot see rulers and principalities all of it was created through him and it is for him it's not for us it's not for me the problem is and we'll talk about this a little more the problem is when i begin to think my life is about me when i begin to think that i am supreme that that I am over everything. And we, you might scoff, but I'm telling you, we live in that place where we think it's about us, where we think we're supreme. We have to understand everything is created through him and for him. Romans chapter 11, verse 36, it says this. Paul says to the Romans, everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever. Everything was created through him and for him, but let's be more specific, for his glory. Everything in our lives is for God's glory, not even just the good stuff, the bad stuff. When we fail, when we blow it, when we're stupid, and we go, how could God get glory out of this? I don't know, but it is all for God's glory. God's gonna get glory out of us somehow because we are created through him and for him. Your life is not for you. Your life is for him. My life is not for me. My life is for Him, there is nothing in creation, there is nothing in our universe, in our known universe, in other dimensions, in the heavenly realms that Jesus does not declare his authority by saying, it's mine. It's all his. And when we understand this, it begins to shift our hearts. It helps us understand this was never mine in the first place. My life was never my life. My job, my kids, my family, none of this is actually mine. It is all God's. Jesus has authority over all of it. Verse 17 says this. Colossians 1:17. He, talking about Jesus, existed before anything else." We reference this in verse 15, and he says, "And he holds all creation together, so he existed before anything else. So he is first in order. I don't know about you. I like being first. Do um, you remember when you were a kid? I remember in elementary school, um, the teacher would say something like, Okay, class, line up at the door, and second grade, third grade, Mel Massengale was pretty aggressive get my chubby elbows out there and start just knocking kids over like, I would get to that door because I wanted to be first. I didn't want somebody else to be first. I wanted to be first. And even today, think about this. um, Man, we struggle waving people in, you're heading through the fort pit tunnel, you got eight lanes of traffic merging into one, these gotta be getting over here, these guys gotta get over here, and nobody wants to wave anybody over. Like you're, you're playing that game where you are merging, but you just keep your eyes forward because you know if I make eye contact, I've gotta let them in, so you just stare forward like you're a robot. Why? Because you don't wanna let them in. You wanna go first. We want to be first. And here's what you need to hear. Jesus is first. Nobody's competing with him. Nobody is threatening his position. He is first. Why? Because he was before all things. So he's first in order. He was first. Colossians 1:18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So what do we see here? He's first in authority. he's first in authority. This should bring us great comfort. There's no one with more authority than Jesus. I don't know if you know this. In November of this year, we're gonna have elections for president of the United States. You probably haven't heard about it. They haven't talked about it much on the news. So probably haven't heard But here's what I find very comforting. I don't know who the candidates are going to be. Maybe it's going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Maybe. It might be two other candidates that we don't know yet. I don't know. But here's what I do know. Jesus is first in authority. There is no one There is no seat of power, there's no throne, there is no oval office, there is no position that has more authority than Jesus Christ. So we can wring our hands and worry about what's gonna happen, or we can say, I'm gonna put my trust in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna put my trust in the one who is above everything else. Jesus is over everything, so I'm believing that it's gonna work out. Now, with that said, that doesn't mean we divorce ourselves from the process, It doesn't mean we put our head in the sand. What I would encourage you to do as a person who loves Jesus and has biblical values is exercise your rights as a citizen. I would encourage you to vote early and often. I would encourage you to run for public office if God is leading you to. School board, borough council, all these things. We need godly people in those positions of authority. So I would encourage you to do that as your pastor. But what I would discourage you from doing is freaking out over the presidential elections because Jesus Christ has authority over everything. Not just who's president, he has authority over your boss. Did you know that? That should bring us great comfort. Have you ever ever maybe gotten bad service with a company or maybe the product was defective? And you had to talk to the company about it. And you had to make a phone call and you're talking to somebody and you're like, how can we resolve this? And they're like, well, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I don't know about you, but I will ask a question. And the question usually is something like this. Is your manager available? May I speak to your supervisor? And the question that I'm really asking is, can I speak to somebody with more authority than you have? And here's what I need you to know. Jesus is first in authority. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are praying in the authority of Jesus. And when we pray in the authority of Jesus, there is no higher authority. There is no other person to refer to. Well, I'm not getting the answer I want. Can I talk to your manager? There is no manager. There is no higher authority. When we are speaking to Jesus, we can pray in that authority and that power. This brings me great comfort. He's first in authority. It says he's the beginning. That means he's first in time. He was the first one. Before anything was, he was. He was here. He was present. Existing outside of time and space, known dimensions. This is who he is. He is first in order, first in authority, He's first in time. And then we come back to this word supreme again. Supreme over all who rise from the dead. And the same word that's used earlier, firstborn of creation, firstborn over those who rise from the dead. He is supreme over those that are created and alive and on planet earth. And he is firstborn, he is supreme over the underworld and those who have yet to rise from the dead who are waiting for the return of Christ. And then it sums it up in this last line. So he is first in everything. He's first in everything. I had somebody this last week, we were talking and they asked me a question. They, they asked me, they said, Mel, do you get nervous when you preach? And I said, no, not really. And they said, he said, have you ever gotten nervous when you preach? And I said, well, you know, I'm, Probably, I mean, but like, I'm not kidding when I say this. I think I preached my first sermon in my church when I was in the eighth grade. Um, Like those lovely idiotic people let me preach when I was an eighth grader on a Sunday morning to their church. Um, So I I think the first time I preached, I was probably nervous then, but I said, honestly, I don't think I really get nervous. And he said, well, how how does that happen? How do you do that? And I just said, well, I'll, I'll explain it this way. In my last church, the very first weekend I was on staff, um, I was like the number two guy at this church. So the senior pastor than me. And the, they didn't introduce me or anything. That I just walked up and did the announcements. And so literally I walked up in the service that first weekend. Hey, my name's Mel Massingale. This is what I'm doing here. I'm so glad you're here. I'd love to meet you. Let me tell you what's going on. I went through the announcements and I finished and that was it. And the next day, we did that four times that weekend, four services. And so the next day, somebody that was one of my, um, one of the people I oversaw, she, she comes into my office and she says, boy, you seemed, you seemed really comfortable. And I was yeah. And she said, why were you so comfortable? And I said, well, because I understood that what is the worst thing that's gonna happen? The worst thing that's gonna happen is I'm gonna finish the announcements. I'm gonna walk off the platform. I'm gonna sit by my pastor and he's gonna pull out a big cardboard box and he's gonna say, that was so horrible. I already gathered up your stuff from your office. You're fired. Get out of here and never come back, right? Which would be pretty terrible, let's be honest. But I just said, if that's the worst thing that's gonna happen, I'm okay. Like, I'll go find another job, I'll be all right. And so I told this story to this, this couple this week and I, I was stupid when I told the story because the couple responded and she said, I wish, man, I wish I could be like that. And I said, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. God's good and, you know, I kind of sloughed it off. But here's the thing. It really isn't about me or my confidence. It seems like it is, but I promise it's not. I've, I don't have a lot of confidence in Mel Massingale. Um, but I've got supreme confidence in Jesus Christ. And I understand the authority of Jesus Christ, so I also understand Jesus is an authority over my boss. So if my boss fires me, it's like, great. Jesus isn't surprised by this. He's not wondering what's gonna happen. Well, how's he gonna make it? Jesus is in control. So Jesus has got this. I just have this trust in who Jesus is that helps me go, I don't have to be afraid of this. Because here's the thing. If I understand the supremacy of Jesus and that Jesus is over everything, why would I ever be afraid of a person? Yeah, they could fire me. Jesus will give me another job. (laughs) This might sound morbid. They may kill me. I'll be in heaven. I'm fine. No matter what human beings can do to me. If Jesus is over everything, why would I worry? Why would I be anxious? Why would I be nervous? It gives us freedom to understand he is in control. He has authority. We don't need to be afraid. But we forget so easily. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. Um, well, the book of Hebrews is written to a group of Jewish people and Jew, non-Christians and Christians and the writers making the case for the supremacy of Jesus. Why? Why Jesus is better than the old covenant, better than their old way. And I don't have time to unpack all this, but I just wanna read through a little bit of it with you. Um let me start in verse six. In verse six of Hebrews chapter one, the writer says this, and when he brought his Supreme Son, talking about God, when God brought his Supreme Son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him, talking about Jesus. So what he's doing here in verse six is making a case that Jesus is superior to the angels. So again, he's talking to a group of Jewish people that may not believe like we believe, and he's making a case. Jesus is higher than the angels. And then in Hebrews chapter three, he makes the case that Jesus is greater than Moses, which is a big deal if you're a Jewish person. Then in Hebrews four, there's this promise to enter into God's rest. And what he's talking about is the rest that Jesus brings us, but he's using this parallel language that's used when the Hebrew people left Egypt. They went through the, the, uh, through the wilderness and into the promised land, they were entering into God's rest as what they would say, this was, so this was an allusion to that. And so he's saying, hey, the rest you need, the promised land essentially is Jesus. Then in verse uh, chapter five, he talks about Jesus. He references Jesus as the high priest. Then he talks about what growth in Jesus would look like. Then in verse, uh, chapter seven, he talks about Melchizedek. And you maybe have never heard of Melchizedek and that's okay. But Melchizedek was a character from the Old Testament. And he was the, the the priest of Salem, and he he knew the one true God, and so Abraham comes to him. Abraham was the patriarch of the Jewish faith. He comes to Melchizedek, and. Uh, he submits himself to Melchizedek and he offers him uh, a tithe, uh, 10% of what he has, he gives to the, the Melchizedek and his work for God. So he gives it to him and he submitted to him. And so this is what we see in Hebrews chapter seven. Um, the writer of Hebrews makes the case that Jesus is like Melchizedek. And so what he's saying is, hey, Abraham is submitted to Jesus. So Jesus is greater than Abraham. So he's making this case For this, and then finally, in chapter eight, we see in verse six and seven. Listen to what it says. But now, Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us far better, a far better covenant with God, based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would be no need for a second covenant to replace it. So, what what he's saying here to this group of Jewish believers is. Your system is insufficient to save you. Jesus can save you. Jesus reigns over the system you think is working for your life. And I would tell you the same thing today. The system you're serving is insufficient to save you. Because the Jewish people believed if I'm just moral enough, if I'm just good enough, if I just follow the law, then I'll be okay. And Paul is, the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, 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 it is powerless to save you, but Jesus has power and authority. And you go, well, Mel, I'm not Jewish. Why would you say that to me? Because we drift, we forget. We forget that Jesus is supreme over everything. And what takes the place of Jesus in our own hearts is us. We think we're supreme over everything. Colossians, back to the book of Colossians, chapter two, verse eight says this. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Again, this just reaffirms the authority of Jesus. But it says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. He's saying there are things that make sense mentally and intellectually that do not make sense biblically. And he says, don't drift from the true gospel, but we drift from the true gospel when we are supreme in our lives. When our lives are really about me, my pleasure and happiness and joy and what I get and what I have. And our lives aren't about us. When we forget that, we drift from the true gospel. And what happens is we involve, we invent a false gospel that's insufficient. We invent a false gospel that will say things like, I'm supreme, well, God knows my heart, I'm a good person, what happens is our system the law is applied to others but grace is applied to us our system is insufficient to save us in romans chapter 1 verse 21 i read this to you back in our series on second peter it says this paul says to the romans yes they knew God, let me pause there. They knew God. What he's talking about is people who knew God intimately. They walked with God. They were in relationship with God. It says, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even thank, give him thanks. But somewhere along the way, they stopped worshiping him and thanking him. And I believe it's because they had become supreme in their lives. They began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. They begin to think things that were outside of what scripture says, who God is. They begin inventing a new gospel. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. The word that's used here for fools is the, the, the Greek, the root word is where we get the word in English, moron. They thought they were smart, but they were Morons. Instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. How does that happen? When we replace the supremacy of Jesus with our supremacy, when we think our lives are about us, we fail to recognize that Jesus is over everything. This message It's simple, but it's so hard because what I'm proposing to you will cost you a lot. But the benefits are beyond what you can imagine. It's gonna cost you some things to say Jesus over everything. It will, no doubt in my mind. But for those of you that are willing to say yes to that, I cannot overstate how good God will be to you when you fully surrender to him. My deepest desire for me, for you, for our church is that all of us corporately would say yes to him in this moment, that all of us would say, Jesus, you are over everything. I know, I acknowledge that your lordship extends to everything we can see, think, or imagine, but your lordship also extends to my life. So today you are Lord of everything in my life. You're Lord of every relationship. You're Lord of every decision. You're Lord of every value. Jesus, you are over everything in my life. You're, you're over my kids, my marriage, my finances. Everything in my life bows to you today. My life is not about me. My life is about you. I was created through you and for you. I want my life to reflect that. The sermon's easy to preach, but it is so hard to live. And I'm inviting you, come on this journey. Let's see what God will do corporately in our church, through us, in this community, when we say yes to everything Jesus is inviting us into. I'm gonna turn it over to our host in Blairsville. They're gonna close out our time, give you a chance to respond. I love you guys very much. God bless you. If you would, bow your head, close your eyes over this place. Let's pray together. (laughs) Jesus, I wanna start by saying, I'm sorry for the times that I have robbed you of the glory you deserve, that I've robbed you of the place that you deserve to occupy in my heart, that I have elevated my own ideas, my own desires, my own values my own comfort, my own pleasure. God, I I pray, I pray today each of us would humbly submit ourselves to you. That we would recognize the place that you occupy and we would recognize that we are not your equivalent. You are first in all things. So God, I pray today we would recognize the authority of Jesus in our lives. I pray that we would find a deep peace and comfort in that authority. It wouldn't be a threat to us, but God, it would comfort us. God, as we acknowledge that in our own lives, as our lives come into submission to Christ's authority, I pray that it would change us, that it would transform us, that we would find peace and joy that we never thought possible. We'd find freedom from fear and anxiety like we never dreamed possible. As we lean into your lordship and your authority, your supremacy, and we acknowledge Jesus is over everything today. So God, I pray you would speak into our hearts and lives. I pray for those that are here today that maybe have never made a decision to follow you. I pray for those that that have, but maybe they recognize today that the gospel they're following is really a gospel their own creation. It's a gospel where they are supreme. And God, I pray that they wouldn't sense condemnation from that, but God, your Holy Spirit would just bring conviction today so that we can be restored and reconciled to you. So God, minister in us In these next few minutes, I pray that our hearts would be open and receptive to everything you've got for us. Now, nobody's looking around, your head bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here and you'd say to me, Mel, I know I'm not really serving God. I know I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I know that for me, I am supreme in my life. And I recognize the fault in that, the trouble with that. And today I wanna invite Jesus into the place of lordship in my own life. Whether you've ever invited Jesus into your life or not, whether it's the first time decision or a a moment to rededicate your life to him, I just wanna invite you. If that's you and you recognize that's you, would you put your hand up real high where I can pray with you? If you say, Mel, include me in this prayer, I wanna be, yeah, thank you, up in the balcony. I see you guys. Yeah, thank you on my left, ma'am. Thank you. Two more hands up in the balcony. Another hand in the back on my left. I see you. Praise God. Thank you. I see you. Yeah, in the center section. Thank you. Yeah, another hand up in the balcony. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, thank you on my right. I see you, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Just a few more seconds, anyone else? Yeah, I see you in the back on my left. Yeah, another hand. Praise God, you can put your hand there. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 10, verse nine tells us, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So what we're doing today is we're praying. I'm gonna give you the words to say, but this is your prayer from your heart to God and God's gonna receive your prayer and you're gonna be made whole. You're gonna become his child today. So I want us all to pray this prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, say this out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your only son, to pay the price for my sins on the cross. From this day forward, my life is surrendered to you. Use me for your glory. Thank you that you are over everything in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a round of applause today. Listen, for those of you that prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to know. You're a new creation today. Scripture says the old is gone and the new has come. So we wanna help you take the next step in your faith journey. We wanna help you begin to grow in your faith and walk with God and continue to keep your eyes focused on the supremacy of Jesus in your life. So we wanna help you do that. And so if you would, uh, take one minute and fill out the card that's in the seat back in front of you, fill that out, and then stop by our next step table in the lobby. When we finish here in just a moment, give that to them. They're gonna give you some resources. They're gonna point you in the right direction. Um, and so we would love for you to do that. If you're watching online or you're here in the room and you'd prefer, you can simply text PA to the number 94000. Uh, select the prompt that says salvation. Let us know about your decision today. And then when we finish up, um, you can still stop by our next step table. We would love to talk to you. So please take advantage of that. Our team is here to help you grow in your faith. Here's what's gonna happen right now. Um, Today, we don't just have Pastor Todd and we got the whole team. Here's what we're gonna be doing. Um, We're gonna be having the team come back and lead us. And we want you to worship. We want you to enter in. We want you to raise your voices and worship our good God, the supremacy of Jesus in this moment. While we're worshiping together, uh, our prayer team is gonna be here and we would love to pray for you. So if you've got needs of any kind, no matter how big or small, don't hesitate. Let our prayer team know we would love to pray for you and come alongside you so as the music begins, you can just slip out from your seat, find one of our team members, let us pray for you before you go. So why don't you stand your feet all over the room. We're gonna worship together one more time, guys. I do wanna invite you back for um, the waiting room on Wednesday night. It's going to be an incredible time of worshiping God together, and what a great way to start our year. So I invite you to do that. I love you guys more than you know, and I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. God bless you. Have an awesome night. If you enjoy this content, please let us know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also contact us at summitpodcast.church. Remember to share this episode with your friends and on social media. Summit Podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Thank you for listening to Summit Podcasts, and we will see you in the next episode.